So on tonight's episode, we're going to go deep, very deep into my backstory and my thoughts on the current university climate for music, whether or not you can pass an audition or not, uh, my experiences with auditions, my experiences with singing teachers, uh, my experience with guitar, like the whole thing of the last five years of my journey with the conservatorium and going to university to do a philosophy and music degree, I lay it all on the line, completely transparent about it all. I don't mean to offend anyone. I'm not trying to tear anyone down. Uh, I've just told you my story and what I perceived as. You may may think that I'm full of it after you've listened to it, and that's fine. That's your right. But I thought maybe I should just put this out there to... Um, just because, I don't know, we'll find out. Uh, I hope this helps you guys. If it doesn't, let me know in the comments and let me know exactly what it is that's bothering you and maybe it's just been a miscommunication or maybe I didn't quite clarify something correctly, but I'd love to hear from you guys and like I said, I'm not trying to tear anyone down, I'm just telling them my story. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, it's a real long one, but I hope you get a lot of a lot of value out of it. Thank you. So, I thought I'd do a quick little video today about where my life has gone in the last couple of years with singing, uh, going to a conservatorium of music, just going to uni for music in general, um, you know, auditioning for shows and auditioning to get into different degrees and just my whole singing journey in general because someone asked me a question asking how they can pass an audition and I thought that's a very fascinating thing for me to reflect on because I don't think I've ever, sorry there's a mosquito which I'm going to have to kill, bastard, Um, I have never passed an audition which is uh, something that some of you may find surprising if I might say so myself, no, (laughs) just kidding. yeah, I've never actually passed an audition for anything, I don't think. Apart from in high school, you know, if you have to audition for... I, well, because I play guitar as well, so I passed one or two auditions, I guess, to play in a band for a musical or something. But um, I think the most important part of my life that I want to talk about is the last five years. So I went to UNSW to do a... Bachelor of Arts, majoring in Music Studies, because uh, the the um, my parents pretty much said to me, if you want to pursue music, you have to do it with a formal education because it's a better plan B than just uh, wing and a prayer. And you know that made sense to me, so I went to the School of Music in Canberra, and I I <laughs> they had a new degree out called uh, I think it was the contemporary music degree or something like that. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll audition for that. And I signed up for it, blah, blah, Walked in to the audition room and the first thing they say is, oh, what three jazz songs are you going to play? And I was like, uh, isn't this the contemporary music degree? Because 
audition because, uh, you know, I didn't plan on auditioning for jazz. And they were like, oh, no, this is the jazz that, you know, they were very, like, wishy-washy about what degree it was. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to audition for the jazz degree. And I didn't know what was going on. So whatever. I auditioned. Uh, I screwed up real bad. I played... Mo- the, I think I played Mombasa by Tommy Emanuel and Minor Swing by Django Reinhardt. And then I had to play a song that I learnt like a week. It was a jazz song that my teacher got me to learn. Um, and I pl- started playing it in the wrong key. And uh, the auditioner, who was the head of the jazz guitar section, uh, he said, are you sure this is what you want to start playing, the key? And I was like, yeah, 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 it's definitely the key. So he you know, he transcribed the whole thing. Um, so that was that was an interesting audition. I was very nervous and I didn't do very well. And I remember I asked him for feedback when I didn't get in and, like, he sent me a list. It was a huge list. Sorry, that's my dishwasher. Between a mosquito and a dishwasher, this is turning out to be a very eventful uh, <laughs> episode. So, um, yeah, so he sent me this massive list about what I should do to improve my jazz guitar playing and if I wanted to get into the jazz school. And then that year, the uh, head of the jazz, the head of the school of music shut, they fired everyone and reopened positions because there was so much tension going on between the classical and jazz and they didn't want to introduce this contemporary music degree. So long story short, that audition was never going to go well for me. You know, I wasn't going to get into the contemporary music degree because there wasn't a contemporary music degree according to the teachers, but there was according to the admin. And that's pretty much been the story of my life with universities. Uh, there's Admin's got no idea what's going on with the actual university. And there's always a conflict between where the head of the school is trying to take the university and there's always tradition versus, you know, the the change. There's always a huge resistance to change. So anyway, I got in, I got offered uh, place at UNSW, did my Bachelor of Arts at UNSW for three years, completed that. Um, and then halfway through that degree, I saw a masterclass with this jazz guitarist who I was very enthralled by. So, And then there was an opera singer there who I didn't even like think I was going to ever be a singer in any stretch of the imagination. But I I remember hearing him sing and being blown away. Like, never heard anything like that in my life. Like, I'd seen Matt Corby live. I'd seen uh, Bon Jovi. I'd seen all these rock people. But I'd never heard anyone sing on a stage without any microphone and it, like, (laughs) go over your head and then rebound back. It's just a massive voice. But I kind of, like, looked up and was like, oh, wow, what was that? Oh, it doesn't really matter. Um, Whatever, the jazz guys who are what I'm here for. Um, so I, at the end of that mask class, I asked the jazz guy if he wanted to be my teacher. And he said, yeah, that'd be great. I have a studio in Alexandria that I rent out and I come down, blah, 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 blah. And then I remember mum said to me, uh, I didn't even know how to blue. I think because I was going to audition for the Conservatorium of Music Jazz Guitar after my... Um, after my Bachelor of Arts, I think I actually wanted to do it in the second year. It was all a bit of a blur because I never really wanted to do jazz, ironically. Um, 
or even classical for that boy, that matter. So she said, oh, well, if you're going to audition for jazz in your second year, um, why don't you audition for voice? Because you've got a nice voice, um, but you need to get lessons. And she's always said this to me, you need to get lessons for your voice. You've got a great tone, but you, it's uncontrolled. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. But then I remembered, oh, there's an opera singer, but I don't really want to do opera. So I went and got singing lessons from this other place, which I won't name. And I couldn't speak at all, or let alone sing for about a week after going to these people. And um, I found that really weird. And mum was very unsupportive of that. And they wanted you to pay up front for 10 lessons. And it was just a real strange environment where I didn't actually feel like I'd learned anything, but they were super keen to like get me back. You know, like they didn't actually offer me any value in the in the first lesson apart from ruining my voice for a week so I kind of was a bit confused as to what to do and then I remember my mate actually was getting lessons with this opera singer from that master class a year ago and I asked him what his name was and how I could contact him and I got in contact with him and I went to him and that was the start of my singing strangely enough um so I have been only been singing for about two and a half. This is my third year of singing. And my voice, like not, not singing as in like singing lessons. I've always sung in choirs and whatnot since I was as long back as I can remember. Um, and this was the first teacher who kind of like blew my mind a little bit where he taught me all these techniques about singing and breath support and where you should sing and a whole lot of stuff that I hadn't even thought about. Like I'd intuitively kind of maybe ventured there once or twice, but I'd never really known how to develop it or whatnot or the opportunities that could have come from getting a teacher. So I get a lot of people asking me too, oh, I don't know if I want to do singing lessons because the investment, well, you know, it's no guarantee that anything's going to come of it. And my kind of like, answer to that for most people is don't be afraid of going out and just getting singing lessons because what you hear at now may be, may be the answer to I'm not going to be anything because my voice is, isn't great but in a year it may be completely different you may have a, you may have figured out life of singing you know so I wouldn't ever shun the fact that you can actually progress quite far within a small amount of time it may not be a month, it may not be, you know, six months, but it may be a year where you can actually start being like, oh, maybe I do really want to do this as a living. Or if I want to go and do a, a more further study on this or I want to go perform with clubs, like whatever it is, I'm sure you could find a way. But my my kind, my story kind of went, so I went and auditioned for the jazz guitar at the conservatorium and I also auditioned for classical voice within, uh, I think it was, man, it was dumb. It was real dumb. I started started lessons in the, in the month of the 8th and then the audition was on the, the 11th month, November. And if I've ever been more unprepared for something, it was probably a school exam, but <laughs> I sang it and I did did my best at the time and they didn't let me in, obviously, and they didn't let me in for jazz guitar either. And so they offered me a degree. Oh, well, sorry, This so that was my first year, my first time auditioning, which was my second year of the three-year course at UNSW. And then I auditioned again, but without a classical voice, 
for the uh, last year of my UNSW, hoping to just get into the conservatorium for jazz guitar because I had been working towards that. Um, so I didn't audition for voice and I auditioned for jazz guitar again in my third year and final year and I didn't get into that. But they offered me a um, kind of like a placeholder degree where you do a more generalized degree so you can be in the con and hopefully they, they sell it to you like so you can transfer, right? But you have to be, you have to audition again and it's not really guaranteed at all. So whatever, I went there for the, the first year and I was working towards jazz guitar and I got a teacher there at the con for um, jazz guitar because my other teacher decided he didn't want to come down to Sydney because it wasn't worth his time. So I was kind of uh, floundering around a little bit, trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And plus, when you go to uni to do music and you're trying to improve your playing that, and you're not in a degree that facilitates the playing side of it, it's a really strange, strange feeling because you're in it, doing it, but you're not doing exactly what you want to do. And you can see the benefits of it and you can see how you're getting better as a musician in general, but there's not that like coherentness to it that I'm assuming. I mean, like I don't know for certain because I'm not in one. A performance degree would give you where, where it's like a jazz performance degree. And I don't really want to go into how the degree is structured because it doesn't matter. You can look that up online if you want to go. But um, so I was singing in choirs at, at the conservatorium and I was playing in jazz ensembles at the conservatorium. And I was learning with, with my teacher for singing outside of the conservatorium and I was getting lessons from one of the conservatorium teachers for jazz. Um, so I auditioned for jazz at the end of that first year and I didn't get in again. So that was my second time auditioning, but I didn't audition for classical voice. So that was a bit, that was a strange, a strange thing, you know, because I could see my my increase in all of these things like e-training and uh, sight reading and sight singing and my voice was developing like crazy and my jazz guitar, uh, I think because I just didn't really care about it. It didn't really excel as much as it should have or as much as other people have done. Like, uh, you know, I always hear the stories that the teachers tell you like, oh yeah, no, this guy was a rock guy and he came to learn from me and within a year he worked his butt off and he was in the jazz course and I was like oh sick that's gonna be me because I'm a rock guy and yeah that's great cool 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 so I was practicing practicing what he was telling me to practice I wasn't really going anywhere because I didn't really have a foundation and having a strong foundation is super important uh, which is why I wrote Mastering the Fretboard which is another story in itself but this is more about the singing thing is that I didn't audition for the classical voice side of it because I didn't particularly think my voice uh I didn't I was a bit lost as to how going to like I'd made so much progress with this teacher outside of the conservatorium why would I then leave him to go into the conservatorium it was a strange thing that I kind of like could never really figure out but that's just the way that's just I've always done this I've always been very anachronistic about oh I don't want authority to tell me what to do and I think that's one of my biggest downfalls but it's probably like you know the double-edged sword where it can be really beneficial for me but anyway so the next year 
after failing for two years in a row, I worked and I did the same kind of things. You know, I was doing music history and I was doing music and analysis and all that kind of crap, which I didn't really want to do because I already did it at UNSW, but I had to do it because the con holds different standards. And then I was doing all the year training and all the harmony and analysis. You know, so it was real weird because my music, my musical skills were going up and up and up. My performing skills were going up and up and up. But for some reason, I couldn't quite fathom why there wasn't this like this link that everyone was talking about happened to them and then they were in the con. So uh, it's I auditioned again at the end of that year and I auditioned for voice as well. And my voice was pretty good, I've got to say. Then this, I think this was last year. My voice was pretty up to scratch. I wasn't sick, I wasn't anything, I was in prime. Um, and I went and saw two of the teachers at the conservatorium and had a singing lesson with both of them. And they said, oh, you know, to get into the con, don't you think you should have a con teacher? And I thought, no, because I've learned so much with this other teacher, there's no point just jumping off his boat and jumping into your ship for three, it was like, I think it was three months or something, two months before the audition, because I, I don't want to relearn from scratch whatever you're selling to do to do this, you know what I mean? I was like, I just want to stay with Dallas and um, just progress along that that track because that has in, his teaching has helped me by miles. And your your lessons that I went to, a wrecked my voice a little bit, where it, your voice feels weird and not in like a, oh I've been practiced and progressed kind of way. It was kind of like a ooh, that didn't feel right, what you're trying to do. And then I asked some specific questions about what Dallas had taught me and they were like, oh, no, we don't talk about that. Oh, no, we don't, oh, no, that, oh, you know, oh, don't worry about that, just make this noise. And I was like, oh, that's not what I want from a teacher. Like, I'm not a beginner. Well, you can argue, but <laughs> I'm not a strict beginner. Um, I want answers to the questions because surely that's what a good teacher does is they tell you what you want to know as opposed to, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's very like, oh, I know exactly what's going on and don't worry about it. I've never been one to fall for a teacher that's like put 100% faith in me and you'll be fine and you just num- mind-numbingly go along. I've never done that. I never liked it. So that, I was struggling with the concept of going to conservatorium to those teachers because of that exact reason. They never answered, they never gave me value when I was trying to find it, right? They were just more intrigued by how I sounded the way I sounded because of my other teacher, which is what the most annoying thing was, is that it was more of them trying to figure out what I was doing, which, if you look at it, takes me back three years to the first singing lesson I had where they didn't do anything apart from test and and test and want to hear my voice to the point without realizing that I wasn't trained enough to sing in the way that they were singing, wanting me to sing, but I could do it. So I was, I was actually damaging my vocal health because they were too excited by my voice. And that's what kind of what happened with these, these other teachers is that I think they were just, A, they didn't understand what I was doing with my voice and B, they had a different method to what I was learning. And I, there's a danger associated with that that my teacher has talked about ever since I started lessons and it's the way I used to sing and it's the way that I used to lose my voice and they were trying to teaching me, 
they were trying to get me to make those noises again and place it in the wrong part of my voice, which I knew after singing in choirs and trying to sing heavy metal to Josh Groban, you know, I, I knew that the way they were teaching me was, was futile. Like I, it didn't, it didn't resonate with me at all. And I tried to ask some questions which were more based around how I was learning now and they, they couldn't answer it. And that was really quite frustrating. So I, and, and then I got really intrigued. So I went and listened to all of their students um, and all of their big name students and I went and saw their operas that they put on. And I wasn't very impressed, to be honest with you. Um, I was sitting third or fourth row from the singers over the orchestra pit. So here's the stage, here's the orchestra pit, and here I was out of like you know the hall kind of thing. And you couldn't hear any of the top notes of the males because it got really, really small. And it's because they do the whole, you know, singing to your mask kind of stuff. And that really bothered me a little bit because, and I feel a bit bad talking about this because I don't want to say that the cons are bad plays or that these teachers don't know what they're talking about. But, I mean, like, the the opera in itself was perfectly produced. F- like, it was flawless. The singing was flawless. Like, the notes were always correct. The technique and how they sang them was perfect. Like, you know, kudos to them. But it didn't have that, it didn't have that, uh, size of the voice that I want. <laughs> Strange enough, maybe it's my ego or whatever the hell you want to say. Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You just want to, you know, sing loudly and whatever and you're an egotistical person. Yeah, I probably am, but fine. Like, just let me be me. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to bag out the con. I'm just telling you my side of the story. The con is a fantastic place if you want to learn about music and be a musician but whether or not they've nailed the practical application of it for singing is something that's I think a bit of a hot topic because I don't want to be the one to say that they haven't because what do I know really but when you hear people talk around town about the conservatorium and the singers that they produce they are brilliant musically and they have amazing ability to sing things but it doesn't stand up to Europe or Italy or American voices which are trained with a better singing technique and I think without stomping on too many toes here Like I said, this is getting into dangerous territory. I love the con. It's done a lot for me. But the singing at the conservatorium is not creating world-class singers, if you ask me. And I mean world-class singers as in there's no more, there's no Pavarotti's coming out, there's no Corelli's. Uh, If you listen to any of the kids coming out of the Juilliard, Ooh, man, they are on fire. Those kids in the opera section, you type in Juilliard School of Music, uh, I think it's opera, I can't remember what their, their degree is called. It is, their voices are amazing. And they're, they're big and rich and beautiful and then you listen to the voices coming out of the con and you could fall for it, I guess. But they, they struggle to compete with a piano 
let alone an orchestra. And, you know, you could say, well, maybe it's just the, kid, like, the, the voices that are in there right now, they don't lend their hand to big voices or, you know, they're not trying to teach them big because you don't start off with big repertoire like I get it completely. But there's a lot of research that suggests that a dramatic voice should sing dramatic stuff from the get-go instead of trying to be light and airy from the beginning. And I'm not saying I have a dramatic voice. I don't have a dramatic voice. And when you listen to the Juilliard people sing, even their lyric tenors and their dramatic tenors have a sound and a quality to them that I would say is an international kind of voice. And that's what I've always been after. I've never been after a voice that's just good. You know, like I've never been after a voice that'll, oh, yes, you can sing in the Sydney Opera, uh, it's called the Opera Company as a chorus member, and that's great. Like, good on you, you got there. That's never what I've aimed at doing. Um, so I was never, I've never been enticed by that dream of, oh, we'll come study with us and we'll do it. So I went and auditioned for Pacific Opera, and I got into their, their, uh, it's like a little adjunct program where they like keep an eye on you as you develop but I didn't actually get into Pacific Opera so I think that's a fascinating thing is that if I could get into Pacific Opera which is you know outside of the con but I couldn't get into the conservatorium's like basic degree even after being there for two years and having a voice that is comparable to their first year tenors if not their second year, third year tenors, if you ask me. Um, this is getting very political and I don't particularly like the way this is going, but I'm trying to be transparent with you guys about this. It's only my opinion. Uh, you know, it's not. it may not be correct, but it's just my opinion and I think it's kind of important that we talk about it a little bit. So whatever happens... <laughs> if I release this, I hope good things happen. Um, maybe I'll get some answers. I'm not trying to tear anything down. Just remember that. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, diminish what they're doing at the conservatorium. I just think that their pedagogy, pedagogy of voice or the way that they teach voice at the con is limited and I don't like I said I don't know if that's because of whatever but when you listen to international singers who are coming out and maybe they're a bit older I don't know for certain they have a quality to their voice that I don't hear coming out of the conservatorium personal opinion very much stated that I hope I've made that very clear it is my personal opinion um, so that's an interesting, interesting thing that's happened in my life is I've never, I've never made it in for an audition, but I've always asked for feedback and most of the feedback that I've gotten, I've had very direct feedback, like at the ANU school of music where they gave me like exactly what was wrong with my audition. But the weird thing was, is that I wasn't really auditioning for jazz, so that that feedback helped me to a degree but it kind of got me on the wrong path um and then 
I asked Pacific Opera for feedback, and Pacific Opera is great. They gave me a really, really good list of their or panel comments, which helped me a lot. Um, but the classical voice auditions that I did, I didn't actually ask for feedback because it's, it made me annoyed, I guess. It annoyed me, and I didn't really want to do it. It was kind of like, you know, if you look back two and a half, three years ago, my mum said, why don't you just go get lessons in, why don't you audition, because why not? And that's kind of the approach I've had to this degree, and maybe that's been the pitfall. You know, let me know in the comments. But, um, yeah, I thought this was an interesting story to share with you guys. I know it's been, it's a long story, and maybe it doesn't apply to any of you. But maybe it does, you know, maybe you've gone somewhere hoping or thinking that it was something and then for you, it turned out to be a very different experience um, and I just wanted to let you know that it sucks, it sucks balls but I think the reason why I also wanted to do this is that I've learned not to judge myself in comparison to other people's standards because you know, I've always wanted to be a contemporary musician who writes their own stuff and can sing their own thing and play guitar and solo and shred a solo. Like, I've never gone into it trying to be a jazz guitarist. I've never gone into it trying to be a classical tenor. Um, as much as I've explored those worlds and I've done a lot of a lot of practice in those worlds, I was never I was never cut for that kind of thing. And you can tell, like, when I play guitar, it's not jazzy. Maybe there's some elements of jazz from the last four years. And when I sing, it's definitely classical because that's the way I'm training right now. But yeah, ultimately, I don't want to use those skills as the be-all and end-all. So I always went there with the mind of these are going to be tools that I can use to create my own stuff. And I remember a guitarist from UCLA, University of... Um, Los, I think I can't remember what it is. I think it's University of Los Angeles. He came out and did a master class at the conservatorium and he was saying the same thing too. He was saying that a lot of classical musicians are being taught to have an orchestra job when there's only one orchestra job and it's a very narrow niched kind of field and that they need to start composing their own music because that's where most of the, his students' successes have come from and networking, and just being a good person, and enjoying music, and I feel like the con facilitates this strange uh, com- competitiveness, and uh, what do you want to call, what do I want to call this, it facilitates in my experiences a very like clicky way of thinking, And I've met, obviously I've met people who I get along with really well at the con and they are more on my level of where music should be heading, I think music should be heading and they just agree. So, you know, we get along well but there's a a large majority of them which is super clicky. Like, you know, I don't want to have to explain it but I'm sure if you've ever, you've never experienced that clickiness it's pretty isolating and especially in a music sense where I came from high school where I you know, would jam in the locker room with anyone and anyone who cared and there wasn't this like massive judgment placed on you as like, oh, well, you need to play this to get at this mark. 
oh, and you didn't play these or you didn't sing like that, so therefore this means that you're this and everyone else is telling you what you are and what you sound like and what you're doing and it doesn't really help you. Well, it doesn't. It's never really helped me. I think I should stop giving advice and start just telling you the stories. It hasn't helped me at all for creating my own music except for in the sense that I had more technical tools to choose from. So I knew more theory. Uh, my ear was better because I've been playing guitar for the last two years. Uh, my guitar playing is really good right now uh, and I know a lot more things about the guitar. Um, my voice is incredible, but that's not really thanks to the conservatorium. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean I always, I just had lessons outside the conservatorium. Um, so it's been an interesting journey trying to figure out how a university fits into a contemporary musician's world. Because I've seriously struggled with it. And I'm sure that there's heaps of you out there who have that same kind of problem. Who have this same kind of problem of like, well... Do I go to university to get a degree in music or should I just do engineering or law? Like, where, where's, where's it all going with the music thing? And I would say that if I had to do it again, I would look for the shortest route out of university with the tools that I needed to actually get work and that's a really like well that's great but what does that actually mean kind of statement but it means that what I would do is I would really really pay attention to where you're at musically before you audition for a conservatorium or you go to university to do an arts degree because oh, a music degree sorry because I did philosophy as well because I was super interested in the whole like uh, religious ideologies and psychology so I kind of had to scratch that itch as well which is why I did music and philosophy with an arts degree instead of just a straight bachelor of um, music so university was great for me in that respect for three years of doing an undergraduate of philosophy and art uh, philosophy and music so that's why I really enjoyed the first degree but the second degree and the whole getting sucked into this classical standard and this jazz standard and trying to become a jazz musician or a classical musician, as you, as I can tell, because I've never, I haven't gotten into any of it, I'm not a jazz or classical musician, but that's okay. I don't need to be a classical musician or a jazz musician to, to write music, you know? Like, I don't need to uh, write, uh, you know, a singer-songwriter kind of song. I don't need to go to the con to do that. It's just... You just don't need to do that. I mean, like, I have a mate who's he didn't go to the con, and he didn't he didn't do anything apart from um, find a great mentor, and he's probably way more successful in the in his music career than I am. So, and successful in terms of like he's reaching more people, and more people know about him. Regard, you know, if you want to talk about the artsy side and who's more creative than like who knows, that's that's a hard. That's the other hard thing about music is it's that like, oh, well, do I be a pure artist and follow my inspiration all my life or do I sacrifice the inspiration to learn about the tools and the technique and all the boring stuff? I'd say you need both, but like you can get the technique and the tools over time. You don't need to go to uni to get them. You just need to know about them and I didn't know about them until I went to uni. So that's kind of like 
you don't know what you don't know and the only way to find out is by going but then again you wouldn't get into the con unless you got if you you know if you auditioned and you were good so i don't want to say go on audition for the con <laughs> so it's a tr- it's a tricky topic that whole like how do i pass auditions how do I, do i go to the do i go and study at university for music um what does it do for me look i mean like i'm only just at the end of it all and looking back on it i've left it with a lot of resentment a lot of uh negative feelings towards it it was a struggle it was a really 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 nasty struggle mentally um puts you in some strange places because you're just not happy like how can you be happy if you have to compose like bark and you don't like listening to bark but you have to do it so you you know you pretend to be interested in it for a couple of weeks and you think you're great you know oh this is great and then all of a sudden you start listening to your music again you think oh no this is really what I want to do oh but you can't do that because oh I've got to listen to this and whatever the hell and it's just that it's that constant like oh why aren't you doing classical or jazz or why aren't you doing this or you know blah 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 you're not playing guide turns enough in your solos yeah it's just I don't know I found it really really grating the whole experience is grating and I got sucked into it a lot where I would practice my guide turns to the you know up the wazoo I'd try and learn all of this baroque music to sing and it was just depressing man I mean like I just didn't care I just didn't care about it and then when I finally allowed myself to compose at the end of two and a half years man the floodgates opened like it took a while to break them down because I'd built I've like shunned my own my own love of music I had to suppress in order to become better at other kinds of music which is so backwards when you think about it like I loved metal I loved trance I loved well I still love them to be honest with you I'm like I've cut out the jazz and classical and I've gone back to what I loved which was trance class uh trance metal and rock and um pop and contemporary kind of things like I I had to actually stop listening to that kind of thing because otherwise I wouldn't listen to jazz but I would I like jazz for like the weirdness of it i didn't get around jazz and practice the hell out of jazz because i love jazz i was just intrigued by it and the classical thing i was intrigued by it i wasn't in awe or loving it or you know in so immersed in it that i would spend hours studying it and not that you have to do that to go study it's just my opinion so oh man it's a tricky one if you had if you how do i answer your question when Every time I asked, how can I pass an audition? The answer was, hope that you are the best person who turns up on the day. Hope. You can't do anything about it. You just have to hope. You can't practice more. You can't practice harder. There's no point doing all that kind of thing. You have to hope that a 40-year-old Sinister Gates or Steve Vai or Franco Corelli resurrected walks into that audition and sings or plays guitar better than you did because you can't compete with that that's this is you know there's only a certain amount of spots 
And if someone like that comes in, you lose. That's it. Very black and white. You could have been, you could have been on top until they walked in. And you're down the bottom. You're not in that year. It's a whole year. Like you can't do the second semester thing. They don't know people in. It's a it's a big hit, man. It's a huge, huge hit to wait year after year for a chance to get in to a place, right? And if you're not a jazz jazz lover, or if you're not a classical lover, why are you auditioning is up to you. It's really some soul searching kind of stuff, man. Like it's a it's a it's a hard one to figure out. I mean, like there's there's so much information on the internet nowadays that if you want to compose music, and you like a certain um, artist, then you can like Google how they compose and what techniques they use, and it comes up instantly. Like you don't have to go to university because they won't tell you how contemporary people do it. They'll tell you how Bartok did it, but if it's too much of a cliche, they won't even tell you how Bartok did it because they think that you know. But you really you know what I mean? Like, it's just so, it's so creme de la creme that I feel like I don't belong there because I'm not creme de la creme. I'm like a little street rat walking in, trying to keep up with everything. And I'm sure all of them feel like that, but like, they're actually really good. And like I may be technically really good, but my music theory was horrible for the first year, so I was catching up, catching up hard, man. And then you just get to a point where you don't want to go to uni anymore. Like you just are done. You're just completely done with people telling you what to do and how it should be done, all this kind of crap. Where you just want to go out and do something. Like you don't want to abstract thought. You don't have to write essays. You don't have to learn what the hell some old dude did in the 19th century to change the course of music you just want to go out and do like you just want to go out and create and it's that that as soon as you have that desire get out as soon as possible because it'll be squashed deeply squashed if you stay because it's so easy to get caught in this we need to know more i need a, i need all the knowledge in the world oh this library is so fantastic i need to read every single book on it oh but there's all these exercises and these old books that i should be doing man there's only so much you can pick up and it's it's hard man it's so hard to be like yeah i'm done this is it i know everything i need to go do work and i mean work like not be a barista or you know go flip sausages somewhere i'm talking about like go and be in the music industry and eat shit you know, get asked to do a gig that you just can't do, where you go there and it's overwhelming, but you figure it out. You know, you don't, you don't, a lot of the things that I've done for money in the music industry, I didn't need to go to the con to do. Like, I remember I did an, an, a, uh, I don't know what you call it before they release it on TV, but they do like the test ideas for ads that they want to create and they wanted an opera singer to come in. And this is this is like when you go to the con and you everyone's so knowledgeable about everything and then you go out to a recording studio where you would be hoping to make money in the future and they're telling you to sing like a dramatic tenor at the top of your range and you're singing in, you're singing your balls off and you're a lyric tenor you're not going to be able to provide them the service that they need you know you can do your best 
I, like, I was doing everything that I could do to make my voice sound dramatic. And, you know, I had to sing about 10 B-flat fours for them in a row, trying to get this sound to come out of my mouth. And they could only mimic it in their false voices to try and demonstrate it. But no one at the con could sound like that. And that's the difference too, is that it doesn't. there's no dramatic voices at the con. So it was funny to actually get that little taste of, oh, well, you know, like I didn't need to sight read anything. I didn't need to be able to remember who the hell the modernist composer was in the 20th century, you know. I didn't need to know any of that. I just had to be able to sing exactly what they needed me to sing at that exact day when they needed me. Like, I was disposable to them. And that's that's the harsh truth of, like, you're all disposable nowadays. Like, what's the point? Unless you're one of the very, very, very top percentiles of skills and masters you're not going to be singing in a recording studio for an ad for $200, right? Like, you're going to be on an opera stage charging big bucks and that's just the way it works. Like, yeah, you may be, maybe you've all gone through all the people who are up there now did everything that I'm doing but they probably were classical. They probably loved the classical side of it, you know? Or like all the jazz guitarists. I don't even know if like Pat Metheny or anything went to a university I certainly know Joe Pass didn't. There's, yeah, man, I mean, like, be very careful about that trap of, oh, you need to go get a degree. Because, you know, I I don't want to say you don't, but in my experience, I don't see how this degree has served me. And anyway, that's enough rambling about the con and... There's another mosquito, man. It's just everywhere today. Um, that's that's all I think I should probably say on this matter. Because you have to just go make up your own mind. Like, go talk to people. Go figure it out. Go make mistakes. Go do it. And if you end up doing something for three years that you shouldn't have done, or, you you know, whatever, it's just the path that you got to take, man. And I'll be interested to put up a video in three years to tell you how great the con is and how much it helped me and oh, you know, it was fantastic. So, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to say. I can't help you with an audition. I'd love to be able to, but I just can't. I don't know what you have to do to be successful at an audition because I haven't been successful at an audition. Thanks.